our heart and our passion and our motivation is so much more for the people and for the good that's coming out of that. Not only the good overseas and domestically in terms of the, the brands we're working with, but also the stories of redemption within our team and with me personally. Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people, communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. Today, we're sitting down with Mark Johnson, the COO of Ambactus, one of Georgia's newest B Corps. We unpack servant leadership, how that ties into the brands, and how it relates to their treatment of both their employees and the brands they serve. Our conversation also dives into why they certified as a B Corp, what that process looked like, and the value they're already getting in return. We also have some fun discussing some of our favorite movies like Rounders and The Lord of the Rings and how they tie back to the necessity of suffering and hard work to find your calling and come into your full self with purpose. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Without further ado, let's get right to the conversation. Mark, welcome to Be The Change Georgia. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for letting me be here. I'm excited to, to chat. Yeah, always exciting to catch up and occasionally publish a conversation for the world to hear. Well, there you go. <laughs> so one of the questions I wanted to ask you from somebody who works at a company with a fancy Latin name that sometimes goes underappreciated, Ambactus is the Latin word for ambassador or servant. Can you give us kind of a flyover 30,000 foot view of that founding story and the why behind the name? Yeah, so the funny story is it actually used to be JL Johnson Consulting. So I, I run this company with my dad, and um, it, it started back in 2015. When I came on board, um, we were planning to kind of revamp it and relaunch it. And as we were looking for English names out there, um, there weren't very many good English names left or domains available. So we decided to go with Latin. And Bactus was the one that I think fit closest to the heart of what we were wanting to be. So that servant, that ambassador, I think that's how we want ideally to treat our employees um, and just the staff and the team members that we have, but also the being ambassador for our brands in the CPG space and to live uh, completely with that servant's mindset, um, I think was something that we always wanted to do even from the very beginning. So it helped that we found a, a Latin word that was available that allowed us to, to start that company and kind of rebrand uh, with that Ambactus name. Um, I think it also captures the heart of our vision statement, which is championing redemptive stories. And then, so I think you know, that servant uh, heart is something that I think is captured within that also. It captures the brand a little bit better than JL Johnson Consulting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a solo thing out there. So it definitely has more of a team aspect and allows us to share that piece of our heart, uh, which is great. That being said, JL Johnson, great name. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's got a little a little ring, some hard consonants. There's actually a B Corp in Kentucky. Uh, Brad Flowers runs Bullhorn Creative. They wrote the naming book. So I feel like it checks a lot of the boxes in that book. Good, good. We're glad. <laughs> but I think in fact, is somebody who knows you, knows your dad, knows the brand, has worked with y'all. I feel like that is a very fitting name as far as the the servant aspect of Ambactus. So you've talked about how both in business and life, you champion redemptive stories, always striving to serve others. What's a redemptive story of one of your clients that you absolutely love to share? Yeah, so I'll actually take this two different ways. Uh, one is redemptive stories uh, that we have kind of within our company. And my team members, their stories are theirs to tell, but I'm happy to share a little bit of my personal story, kind of redemption within Ambactus. But three other brands come to mind in terms of kind of what our brands are doing and the heart behind a lot of what we do as a company. And I just love the people that we work with. Many, in fact, most, if not all of our brands um, come to us with that mission-driven mindset. Um, They have something that they're trying to make an impact on. uh, And that's actually a big reason why we want them to be a part. Um, We screen for cultural fit uh, before anything else. And so making sure that they're people we want to work with that have that mission mindset. So three that come to mind, one is Pure Date. They're actually based in Tunisia, and they're the only solar-dried date sugar in the world. Um, Typically, when date uh, sugar is made, fossil fuels are burned uh, to create the heat to then dry it. Um, So the fact that they're solar-dried gets rid of that entire cycle of pollution, which is a big reason why they do that. Also, in the area where they're at, it's a high unemployment area, and 80% of their workers are women, um, and they're able to employ people that would otherwise be unemployed um, with year-long contracts, healthcare, you know, paying 30% above you know, minimum wage, um, just really doing everything they can in their community. Uh, and then another aspect of their heart is just the fact that processed sugars in the way that most of the world uses it uh, is not always great for health. And that actually ties into my personal health story. And so the date sugar that they have, you know, the low glycemic, um, and it's just full of great nutrients. That's another reason why they love what they do there. So that that is a, a very clear picture to me of the type of brand that we love working with. Two others that come to mind, one is C-Tails. Um, they're the only MSC certified all SKUs and major grocery retail here in the U.S. Um, they've launched in a Whole Foods Market, Stop and Shop, and a few others coming down the pike too. And they're also Fair Trade Tuna, uh, the only one in the U.S. Um, grocery retail for that. But the reason those are important is that they care very heavily about sustainability of the oceans. And so while other suppliers might be just looking for the fish that they can get uh, to kind of have in, the, in their supply chain, Seatails is actually looking for the people. They're looking for the fisheries that they can impact uh, around the world. And so part of it is is telling the story for them of the fishermen and of the fisheries where they're actually getting supply from and doing it in a sustainable way, paying above market wages and being a part of their story. The last one I would mention is uh, SOS uh, Fruit Snacks, which stands for Save Our Seas. And that's actually a father-daughter team uh, in South Africa. They love surfing. They were just out on the beach one day and realized you know, there's a lot of pollution and, and other stuff, plastics uh, coming into the ocean. And they wondered how, how can they make an impact on that, but at the same time, like educate kids on the effects of, of that and just the heart behind the animals. And so they actually created these really cool fruit snacks where you can play with it and pull out the little animals and pull out the, uh, the garbage that you have to kind of toss away on the cards. And so they have collectible cards all about the different you know, sea life and just the importance of kind of us taking care of that part of our world. And so they're, they're doing really well, and I love their heart behind that. Ironically, they actually live in the same neighborhood 
that we lived in when we lived in South Africa, um, doing uh, missions work back in 20, uh, 2004. And so that's actually how we got connected. Um, but they're just doing some amazing work to kind of save our seas. So th that's on the brand side. I'm happy to share a little bit of kind of the, the internal redemptive story, how that works out within team members. Yeah, no, and I think it's really cool. And yes, I do want to hear the internal story as well. But I, I think one of the I don't want to say misconceptions, but a lot of times with B Corps, I think it's okay. You take the certification, your company is certified. But what most people that haven't been through it don't realize is how much focus is on that customer side. And I think it's so cool that you're not only live, walking the walk as a company yourselves and paying well and doing all the right things, but you're seeking out clients who are doing the same thing and you're providing a voice or servant leadership to these brands to help them amplify their mission as well. And I think that's just epitomizes everything that is right about um, the community. So kudos, those are some really cool stories. And now I'm going to have to start. I'm always uh, looking for fun brands. So I really, <laughs> there you go. And I'm always taking notes when I listen, when I record <laughs> these. So um, appreciate that. Now I've got three new brands to look for. Let's pivot back. So what is the internal redemptive story? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I think the unique things are just like we screen for brands that are coming on board, you know, with their stories, I think in the same way, screening for our values, but also screening for the types of stories that we want to have as team members within our company. My personal story, again, everyone else's, you know, their stories are theirs to tell. But when I first came on board with Ambactus, I've had a bad uh, gut health and bad stomach my entire life, but frankly, never knew uh, what was going on, never understood what was happening. But back in 2016, I ended up in the ER on a business trip, just in extreme pain, spent the next two or three years uh, going to every specialist you can imagine, uh, getting every diagnosis you could probably imagine or tests being done. And what it ended up coming down to was a lot of it had to do with gut health. I had, my body had reacted to uh, the gut health of where I was at. And actually I had reactive arthritis. My spine was inflamed, nerve damage in both arms, was just in a, a really tough spot health-wise. And what unpacked that was my diet. And what unpacked that was the type of foods I was eating. So right as I was entering this space that, you know, back in college, back at UGA, I would have never thought I'd end up in the CPG world. Um, that wasn't even on my radar. So almost like in a divine appointment, that's the world that we started in and that my dad and I have now grown a company in. And it's the world where people are producing food for people like me. And so I remember the first time I went to a trade show and I was just talking with everyone. Now, my diet is still severely limited. So most of our clients, I still can't eat their food. It's a very small list of stuff that I can eat. But at the same time, when I hear their stories and I hear what they're trying to produce uh, for people like me, that to me is a, probably my highest motivation. In addition to the stories that I just shared of the good happening around the world, um, you can't have a profitable company without profit. But at the same time, like our heart and our passion and our motivation is so much more for the people and for the good that's coming out of that. And so not only the good kind of overseas and domestically in terms of the, the brands we're working with, but also the stories of redemption within our, you know, our team and with me personally. So the fact that I got to be a part of a team, you know, that is selling these kind of products, producing organic, all natural, you know, safe foods for people to eat. That's incredible. Uh, and it's so fun to be a part of. And thankfully, as I went through that whole health journey early on, we're, we're also a completely remote team. So we have global operations. We have Philippines, Spain, South Africa, we're all over the place. 
but where we work remotely. And so as I was going through all that health, the health challenges, that was a huge blessing and a redemption story for me to be able to walk through that and be able to improve even on days when I was not feeling super great early on. So Ambactus has kind of been a lifeline even for me in the process of our growth. Thankfully, I'm doing better than I was five years ago. I'm still not quite there, but it was definitely a piece of my redemption story. Very thankful for it. It's one of those, always say you're where you're supposed to be. Life puts those things in front of us that we had no idea where at the time it seems like, why me? And this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And out of it comes this calling to help other people. Like you had never foreseen that there were all these people out there just like you before you knew what was going on with it inside of you to be able to now grow a company and support all these brands that are working to serve people just like you out there suffering probably fairly silently in just kind of the the internal diagnostics of I have no idea what's going on, but that approach to natural food and unprocessed sugar and things like that. So it's a real a real blessing for you. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. And definitely, I do feel like it's a community that I think is gaining more awareness. And that's why I love retailers out there that are also pushing kind of the, the wholeness aspect of, of what we eat. But it's so important. You know, our diet impacts everything that we do. And so often things that we're being challenged with can come back to that. And so I love the fact that many of our brands understand that mindset and are shoulder with us as we try to make that impact. That's so cool. Uh, thanks for sharing that too. So talk me through the motivation to start the B Corp journey and what that experience was like. Yeah, I think the motivation probably started even before I heard about B Corp. I've always wanted to see business be something that uh, is impacting others. Maybe to uh, my downfall, money is not the hugest motivator for me or the biggest motivator. That being said, it is a, a high motivator for taking care of people. And obviously having a sustainable business is very important. But at the end of the day, like I always wanted, like there has to be a story behind the business. There has to be a story behind what we're doing. And so when I was talking with uh, one of my good friends, Chris Chancy, we were in the same fraternity back at UGA and was almost a mentor to, uh, to me back then. And I've loved watching his journey through the business world um, and his journey with B Corp with Amplio Recruiting. Um, and so when I heard about the journey that he was going through and he was telling me more about B Corp, I was like, well, that makes sense. That's something that would be amazing for any company that I would work in uh, down the road. Um, and so as a part of Ambactus, early on, uh, we were probably too small to, to make that jump because it was just a lot of work. I remember taking the, the assessment for the first time and it took hours and uh, was a little overwhelming at that moment. But I think even Chris mentioned you know, at the very beginning that uh, it can be a, a lengthy process, um, that it's not something that happens overnight. So going into it, knowing that, but certainly hearing Chris's story and the heart behind B Corp, I think was a, a big motivator for where we were at. And then he introduced us to, I think you and, and Zach Godfrey with the clinic at UGA. And that is probably one of the first things that finally gave some momentum to us. I'm more the visionary type uh, where like I can have a passion and a goal and, and something I would love to see done. I will take it as far as I can, but without the, the executors uh, in place to really make sure that it gets you know over the finish line. Uh, the clinic, I think we worked with y'all twice. Uh, and, and both of those times you really you know, pulled that ball forward uh, in a huge way. Um, and so I certainly thank you all for the, the work that you did with us. But I think that was the initial motivation and then kind of the, a little bit of the path of, of finally getting started on it. I can empathize as somebody who does not enjoy details, how tedious that assessment can be when you've never, I mean, I've gone through it now probably 25, 30 times. And so now it's kind of just back in my hand, but 
those first couple times of just all the boxes you have to check and things you have to do. And it's it really does, every time you dig into it, it's just a, the to-do list gets larger and larger. And when you have some students who can tackle that, definitely makes it easier when it's like, oh, all I have to do is show up to a 30-minute stand-up every week. This is great. Thanks, students. Yeah, 100% agree. And even having a couple of team members that we had hired um, early on in that process that were able to kind of work together with the UGA team uh, and really bring what they needed from our side, that it would have never happened uh, without our team members and without UGA. I can honestly say that. Um, it would have been a great idea of something that I really wanted to, to see done in our company, uh, but without them, it would have not finished. And I can't help but point out the, the whatever the serendipitous nature and listeners, you can go back and listen to Chris Chancey's episode as well, but that both of you kind of just fell into your profession and your calling and your mission. And his was just living in Clarkson and getting to meet some of the refugees in town and wanting to help some of them individually. And now he's grown this business that's like nationwide and all over the place. And you've kind of done the same thing where some health issues that kind of drew you into hey, we could make a business out of this and help tons of people and help mission-driven brands. So I just, what a what a small world that y'all knew each other already and both kind of followed this weird and winding road or calling or whatever higher calling that just came to you to serve. So I had to, I don't know, that just kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, well, it's an interesting point. One I was even reading uh, recently, I think sometimes when, you know, for lack of better words, when kingdoms are, are given, you know, sometimes people in, in leaders, it's like, that's what they chase. They chase the the dream. They chase the the bigger kingdoms. They chase all of that. What I heard you just say with Chris, and I, I would believe that about myself too. I don't know that I chose this. Like, I don't know that I chose to lead a company to do this. But I think sometimes you're kind of, it's thrust upon you and you're put in a position where like, that's where you're supposed to be. And personally, I think I've always tried to be in those positions because once, if you were asking for it, you probably don't know how hard it actually is <laughs> to be in charge of it. So I think it's just a, it's an important humility thing for me to remember, like, this is something that's entrusted to me uh, and I'm a steward of it. And I want to be the best steward that I can be because it's not something that I'm going to regularly choose because it's hard. It's not easy to run a company. It's not easy to kind of be on the front lines of trying to make those impacts and make that kind of impact. I don't know. That was kind of where I, I felt you. No, and it's, fun, it's, it's funny. It's uh, one of my favorite movies is Rounders because it was the height of the poker boom and I was moving out to play poker anyway. But there's a line in there where he's meeting with Matt Damon's character and it's his law professor. And he had left the yeshiva as a kid, broke his parents' hearts. And he's telling Matt Damon that you can't run from your destiny. Our destiny chooses us. And basically, like, follow your calling. If this is where life is pushing you, you're not meant to be a lawyer. You're meant to go be a poker player. Just like I wasn't meant to be a rabbi. I was meant to be a law professor. I know it's from a movie, but I just can't help but seeing those parallels of, of yeah, yeah. I think that destiny does find us. So we're going down a total spiritual path here. I love this. It's a, it's a total sidetrack. Um, but honestly, the thing that just came up for me, I love Lord of the Rings. I think everything about the adventure speaks to a lot of, the, I think, the human story. But the image I just had was of Frodo standing there when everyone else is fighting about how they're going to go you know, save the world. And he just realizes, wow, like this is back on my shoulders. This is something that I need to step forward and do. And he does reluctantly, but he does. And it comes with a lot of pain and a lot of uh, toil and heartache. Um, but a lot of times the calling comes with that. And um, that's a part of the refining process. So um, yeah. 
Yeah. But the reward comes with it as well. At the time, sometimes it's toil. And then it I think is. as we get into that work, it becomes very, very rewarding that we realize this was in fact our calling. Well, and that's why I think like at the end of it, you know, even looking back on these last five or six years of trying to grow this company or even of my health challenges, it'd be very weird for me to say, uh, and it is strange for me to say, like that health challenge is literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like even today, I can't go eat a normal lunch with my wife and you know, or, or you know eat out very many places. I've had lunch with you. You have, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, there's like one place in Athens I can actually eat, you know, eat out, and we've went there, which is great. But that is the best thing that's ever happened to me because, like, it's many times through that suffering and through the the hard work that you're refined. And I would not be who I am today if I had not gone through the five years of health challenges uh, of you know, some dark moments. And so often those are the things that end up refining us and making us who we are today. And I'm now thankful for that process. I wouldn't have said that early on, but I could say that now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And just so everybody knows, we'll do the shameless plug because this is going to be the greatest segue you've ever seen. The restaurant is the national, which is uh, one of the owners is Peter Dale, who is also putting his company through the B collaborative, a UGA, one of his other companies, Condor Chocolates. So he's working on it. He sees the value in it. You've been certified now for about three or four months. What immediate value or have you seen any return? I mean, I don't return on investment yet. Are brands more eager to talk to you? Are retailers and big box chains, are they more eager to learn about you and learn about your brands? What has been the difference so far since you've certified? Yeah, I think the impact is twofold. One, just going through the certification process refined our company. So, I mean, that was th- it was a good three years of work. I mean, that's building employee handbooks. It's putting policies in place. It's putting metrics and scorecards. It's making sure that what we said we were doing, that we're actually doing. So that three-year process, I think, was a, a very big refining moment for us. And so there was a lot of work and impact in our company. And the foundation that I feel like B Corp certification has built for our company is something that we're now probably able to scale off of. Um, So, I mean, it really shored up, I think a lot of things within our company on the back end of that, it's really nice to not just go around saying, hey, we really want to use business as a force for good. It's nice to also have something that says, hey, we've been audited by a third party and it says we're actually doing what we say we're doing. Um, And so I think that's the biggest benefit is like instant credibility, people who understand what B Corp is and our ability to talk with them and really share our heart from that place of confidence. I love that you touched on that too, because I think too often we lose the ROI conversation goes down the path of how much money have you made since you certified when in reality, and I can attest to this at Ad Victorium, the reality is that foundation that it helps you lay down over what was for us a three-year process as well of the employee handbook and policies and thinking about growth, thinking about future state, where are we going to be two, three years from now? How many employees are we going to have? What's our culture going to look like? There is an incredibly difficult to quantify ROI to that process that I think is very important and goes understated. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm curious as well as comes back to the values and Growing the business at a both a responsible rate, but in a responsible way that stays true. So as an operations leader at Embactus, how do you evaluate the way in which your values are being lived out and contributing to that growth at the same time? Are there, you know, are there any challenges that um, I, I would think probably other leaders you might want to share with somebody maybe two years behind you in this process? Yeah, well, I think twofold. So, you know, the values that we try to live out, I think B Corp is a great 
framework for that. Um, so as I've already mentioned, you know, it, it allows us to make sure that we're doing what we said we're going to do. Um, and we're held to that accountability. Three years from now, when we have to recertify, um, we have to actually have done what we said we were going to do and that we were doing. And so there's a, a built-in accountability within that realm. Uh, we also run on um, the kind of the system EOS, uh, Entrepreneurial Operating System. And so that for us, I think, is a great way to set out in the vision tracker organizer what our core values are, what is our vision, what does that even mean, what is it going to look like 10 years, three years, one year from now, but then drill it down into the departments and down to the individual level. Um, that's been a, an amazing tool that uh, helps us make sure that that vision of what we're trying to accomplish is actually going throughout the company and that we're gaining you know, traction from the book, that that is actually happening is I think a, a key way that that happens. I would also say screen for people and screen for brands. For us, you know, the values of, of where we're at and the culture we know we want to build it's normally pretty easy to tell if someone's going to fit within that culture. And so us making sure and asking the questions, what is your biggest purpose? What's the thing that keeps you motivated? Um, asking those kind of questions to brands allows us to see their heart. Obviously, we want to make sure they're a unique, high-quality brand you know, that can scale. That's how we make money. But at the same time, we want to hear that story side. So we really try to make sure that on the employee, you know, staff member side, but also on the brand side, that we're, we're having those conversations early on. I mean, I think that's a, a great way to make sure that your values stay within uh, your organization. Yeah, I love that too. I, I remember last year we had a guest lecture in, well, and the students were helping you as well. And one of the guest lecturers talked about screening for clients as well. And she was saying, uh, one of the first things I do is decide, do I even, do I like them enough to want to work with them? You know, do I want to spend the next, and for her it's a nine to 12 month engagement, but do I want to spend that time with these? So you're looking, you know, for that fit of, shared interests, but also, I mean, things like for employees, like when was the last time you volunteered? What community organizations are you involved in? That's usually a pretty good teller, especially to B Corp, of whether they're going to fit. And I've seen some blank stares back at me when I asked that question. <laughs> no, so, I believe that. Yeah. One more question before we wrap up is more of a general, I mean, you've gone through the process, you can, you've spoken to the rigor of the process. I know you get the core tenants too of, and you've said it a couple of times, we have to be profitable. The brands have to be profitable. We need brands that can scale because that's how we stay in business and how we grow. I don't want to call you a B Corp expert, but you're getting there. I think you see the big picture. You see from the 30,000 foot view, the value. What advice would you give other business leaders who might be listening to this, who are on the fence or maybe sitting there going kind of, hey, we're already doing good in the world. What do we really need to go through this process for? What advice, what words of wisdom, what would you tell those other business leaders who maybe are undecided at the time? Yeah, first I would say dive in. I think there's a lot of learning, regardless of whether you go through with the final certification, though I would highly recommend that. Just taking the, the B Impact Assessment and that's going to show you so many different things of ways you can make an impact through your company. It was as much a brainstorming process for me taking that test as anything. So I'm like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Like, this makes sense. Let's, let's, let's try that. And I came away with a whole Google Doc of lists of things that I thought would be so cool to implement within our company. So even from that angle, I'd say just dive in. Um, I'd also say have patience. 
you know, that was told me early on, it takes a while. Um, it's a lot of work and that's okay. Um, it may take a few years to kind of uh, go through all the hurdles of what it will take to be that. It may not take as long, but it, for us, it took us a while. Uh, and then honestly, I would say hire someone like you or Chris Chancy, um, people that have done this before, um, or work with, you know, the UGA clinic, you know, with the students. Um, that was an invaluable piece of our process. Uh, and I honestly do not think we would have, again, made it over the finish line without uh, your help. So um, I would highly recommend talking with someone who has done it before that can help guide that process. Yeah, I think giving you that timeline and deadlines and homework to complete makes it a easier but also holds you accountable to the process i agree so yeah and it isn't easy and it can take time and that's fine you have a business to run <laughs> so well before we leave if our listeners want to follow and back this want to follow you linkedin twitter the gram tiktok i don't know where you're at but uh why don't you yeah. share that with our listeners Best place to contact would be um, through the contact form on our website. So that'll, that actually goes to me. Um, so I'll be able to get access to that. Uh, and then if you want to hit me up on LinkedIn, I'm always happy to connect and would love to, to chat if, if there's any interest or mutual interest. You're not on TikTok yet? Unfortunately not. Uh, <laughs> I, I should maybe put my dad on there. He's more of the fun one. So. <laughs> oh, I need to see Jay. JL Johnson Consulting's TikTok account. That's going to be great. I agree. That would be a one of a kind. <laughs> Awesome. The beauty of this podcast is uh, is I'm friends with everybody that comes on because we've known each other now through this through for three years working on this. I always feel like these conversations can go on for hours, but unfortunately, I feel like our listeners might get bored um, <laughs> of hearing us go down these rabbit holes. But it was I will honestly say this was a tough one to cut some of these dialogues short because um, I feel like we could talk about some of this stuff and I could pick your brain for hours and glean nuggets of wisdom. So I'm just really grateful for your time, really grateful for you coming on, sharing your personal story, sharing the company story, sharing some of your brand stories with our listeners. And yeah, glad to have you in the B Corp community and looking forward to growing with you. Well, thank you for having us on and uh, definitely a big thank you again for you and the UGA teams. Uh, I don't think I would be on this podcast even today if y'all hadn't been a part of that journey. So thank you for all the hard work that you've put in uh, to help get us here. We're very appreciative. Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, the feeling's mutual. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening, and now go be a leader worth following. Thank you.